0: Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever-important question, Is it Jaws? He's a criminal's worst nightmare, a cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jitsu, just bring him down. Do you really want to jump? Well then that's fine with me, come on. Wait, I what do you it, mean? Wait I a minute! To what the... Ah! He was ready to retire, No. He's going to wish he had. Gun! Oh, oh, oh. Raj, meet you,
1: new partner. New
0: partner. <laughs> Too
1: old for this. If these guys can just stand each other... What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old-timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand your chance. Don't
0: kill anybody.
2: Don't kill anybody.
0: I'm too old for this Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon You ever met anybody you didn't kill?
3: Well, I haven't killed you yet Hello, everybody, and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spataro, and today I am joined with two gentlemen from the neo Zazz Network, David Fox and Chris <laughs> Irons. How are you guys doing? <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I use the term loosely. It's generic.
1: It's meant, Very It's loosely. meant
3: basically, you know, in the current day and age, with political correctness being what it is,
2: it really could just be any two people, anywhere, anytime.
1: That's true. Chris, what are your pronouns?
2: Uh, I, anything you want to call me, he, she, it, them, the, we, us, all, anything.
3: Wow. (laughs) You are so progressive.
2: Yes, (laughs) you are. And that order. Every time you, you, you talk to me, I want to be called all that at once. (laughs) All
1: right. That's a lot to ask. (laughs) Happy to be here again.
2: Yeah. This is, this is my first, you're, you're part of my I think, aren't you? Uh,
1: of
3: so, well, of sorts. I mean, it's not like you haven't been doing a movie podcast yourself for
2: how long are you doing uh past the popcorn i i don't know six seven years maybe around there
1: and i you're asking you're asking a man that has a memory of a tsetse fly yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) well i started this one in 2016 so i have a the slightest of slight edges on you so that's a long time You know, I've managed to speak to Dave in the past, and I've actually, for better or for worse, I've looked forward to the opportunity to speak to Chris, so I was happy that you guys uh, were were available to join me tonight, and the inspiration was I saw that you guys went to see Lethal Weapon on the big screen recently,
1: and I thought, well,
3: then who better to talk about Lethal Weapon with? So I threw out the invite, and you guys were foolish enough to accept.
1: (laughs) I was right on board. Well, especially Chris, because... He is the authority on the matter. You are, right? Yeah. It's it's one of my favorites of all time. I mean, at this movie, we went to showing it on the big screen, and I've said this on our podcast, I would rather go see something in a repertory sense, like an old movie that I know is good, than go take a chance on something new that's probably going to suck. So... When I saw that this was out there, I texted him, and he was like, we were right on board. Yeah. And it was Chris and his son and I and, and the three of us. Um, how many Chris? How many people were in that theater?
2: Wait, hold on. Counting the three of us carry the one, it was a total of three. <laughs> really? Nobody else was there? <laughs> Not at <assault>. Nobody. all. <laughs> Nobody. That's kind of sad. It is. Which, it, it, it was sad, but I told Dave it was fucking awesome because it was like when we were home. We we were screaming, we were clapping, we were quoting, we were having a time. We were having a time our lives. It was our own Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> well, my, my we'll biggest reason
3: for being disappointed with that is, you know, as Dave said, especially in the current day and age when you can watch things on a big screen at home anyway, uh, and with the amount of money they charge you to go to a theater to see a film nowadays, uh, I have really enjoyed the fact that they've had these revival showings of, of older classic great movies uh that maybe you didn't have a chance to see on the big screen in in your life or you saw it but it's so long ago that you're just really you know aching to see it again because it's one of your favorite movies uh you know a couple of years back uh, my wife and i you know, i took an afternoon off and we got to go see the godfather on the big screen yeah, uh, you know, and it, it's great to have those opportunities. But if only three people are going at a showing, that probably doesn't even cost their cover their expense of the electricity to show you the movie.
1: Yeah, that is exactly what I said to Chris when we were walking. Yeah, out. we did have a blast, especially Chris knows every line of dialogue of this movie, so <laughs> he was it was like Rocky Horror. We were yelling. I think we we were even like kind of like like acting it out. You know, it yeah. was really fun. And then we were leaving. It was exactly that. It was like. If nobody else comes to this, they're not going to do it anymore. That's what Jay said. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that, that does suck because you know what? You want next year for them to have Lethal Weapon two in that
1: theater. Yeah, you know. And I do not even know why, why they hard. had this.
2: It wasn't even a holiday. Why did they? I didn't even know why they had this movie playing.
1: They have some kind of it's a it's an independent it's independent right that chain. I I think it is. Yeah. I mean, we could say what it is. Right? It's called Frank's. No, it's not called Frank's. It's called no, was, Water Water Tower Movie Theater. It's in Montgomery, yeah. Montgomeryville, yeah. Uh, Mon- Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. It was Frank's, right? Yeah. But it was the UA before Frank's. Yeah, and they show they do show a lot of old movies. I'll go so over Halloween. They have I I don't know, I was like twenty different classic R movies, um, and I've gone to a lot of them, and there's almost nobody ever there. In fact, my son and I went there and saw Jaws. Ah, cool. Was it Jaws? <laughs>
3: Jaws was Jaws! Thankfully. Otherwise, it would just mess up this whole show. Right. But as as I've explained, and again, Chris, you're new to the show, so I, I, I'll just throw it out there in case you're not aware of it. Uh, Jaws 2 is actually Jaws 3. And Jaws 3 and Jaws 4 are both Jaws 4 in our All rating right. system. Say that again. See, <laughs> see the... the the system I've come up with is okay. Jaws is yeah. a classic, almost flawless movie. Correct. Jaws totally 2, and this is the rating system. This isn't a description of the movies themselves. Jaws okay. 2 is a really good movie, a movie that you could see multiple times, but it just doesn't hit quite hit that level of classic. Okay. Jaws 3 is a movie that you could watch it, you move on with your life, and you're done. Uh, and Jaws 4 is a bad movie. So in reality, the actual Jaws movie, Jaws, ranks as Jaws. Jaws 2, for me, ranks as Jaws 3, and Jaws 3 and 4 both rank as Jaws 4.
2: <laughs> I get it, and I agree. It took me a while. I, yeah, had, to, I had to map it out. It's confusing,
3: so I had Scott Riefen, uh record an introduction to the show where he gives that scale every episode, and I don't necessarily have to repeat it
2: every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember seeing Jaws 3 and 4 and, th- like, going to the theater and saying, ooh, another Jaws movie? Do you remember going there?
3: I saw Jaws 3 in the movie theater because it was Jaws 3D. Of course. And I thought, oh, that's going to be so cool. And boy, <laughs> did that movie suck. Uh, uh, and yeah. Jaws 3 is actually worse than Jaws 4 because Jaws 4 is is one of these movies that's so bad that you could laugh at it.
2: I can see that because the fucking shark follows, you know, um he follows him down Mrs. to Bermuda Brody. or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's going on a plane and the shark looks up, okay, I will follow the plane. <laughs> Just for Mario
1: very Mario Van People's hair alone it gets some cred.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, and and Michael Kane, you know, as bad a movie as it is, I always enjoy Michael Kane on the, in it, you know, his performances. So
2: well, I totally. think I always heard a rumor that they always asked him about that Josh Fore, and he said something I'm like well that helped pay for my house yeah that's what i heard and the, yeah. the
3: that was the original story i heard was with uh, battle for the planet of the apes where john uh, huston played the lawgiver and uh john landis played one of the extra people in it and apparently he approached john john huston and said you know why would a you know a classically trained great director and actor like you be in this and he just said something like, my boy, you'd never turn down a good paycheck.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, it's true. I would do it. I'll do Jaws 62. I don't care.
2: <laughs>
3: but let's talk about Lethal Weapon, and we'll get this done before Lethal Weapon 5 comes out.
2: Um, oh, talk about Jaws 4 scale.
3: Well, mm-hmm. We will see. We'll see what they uh, do. Apparently being directed by Mel Gibson, and yeah. I haven't seen anything about what the script is, but I just, you know, and I I'm, I jump all around. This is the way I do this show, but I can't imagine that Danny Glover, who was getting too old for this shit uh, back in 1987, you know, coming up on, uh, what is it, 35 years later, uh, or actually over 35 years
2: later, isn't too old for it now. Mm-hmm. Well, here's... Here's the thing. I wrote this in my in my head. I wrote this down. Okay, this is what has to happen. Mel and Danny are both retired. They're cops. They're they're retired. Somebody kidnaps or harms or something someone's family. Probably one of Murtaugh's you know daughters or, or whatever. Of course, they have to come out of retirement, track down what who's doing it, and kick some ass. That is my script for part five. No, that's your elevator pitch. What <laughs>
1: what's wrong with that, Dave? Now. Would, uh, well, I mean, that would probably be okay. The I think thing, it would be better yeah. if Danny Glover dies. Something from the past movies. Somehow. You want
2: everyone involved. to die. Everybody who we love as our childhood, you want dead.
1: Yes. So <laughs> Danny Glover dies, and Riggs has to come out of retirement to investigate his murder to, you know, avenge his friend.
3: But then it's not a buddy cop movie. See, I I hate to say this, but I'm going to say no on that because, you know what? I don't want to go to the movies to see Myrtle or Riggs die.
1: I don't want to see either of them, period.
3: (laughs) You know what? Even even Lethal Weapon 4, and I didn't really want to go into the sequels too much, but even Lethal Weapon 4, which was, you know, by all accounts, probably not a good movie. uh, I got a level of enjoyment out of it just the same. So I would hope I'd get some enjoyment out of this one, and if it's well-written enough, I probably would.
1: Well, is Shane Black still alive? As far I as I know he is. Yeah. Maybe if they get him involved, there could be something there. So,
3: yeah, this this first Lethal Weapon movie, written by Shane Black and directed by Richard Donner, all four of the existing Lethal Weapon movies are directed by Donner. Uh, you know, he passed on in his 90s, not too long ago. Uh, so he's obviously not involved in Lethal Weapon 5. That's why Mel Gibson's taking over the directing on that. But when this came out, and let's stick with this one for the time being. I don't know how old Danny Glover was in real life, but in the movie he was 50. It was his 50th mm. birthday at the beginning. Uh, Mel Gibson, I believe, was somewhere around 35 at the time.
2: Hmm. I believe it. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the young, handsome man still. So,
3: but I mean, clearly they're both too old now to be you know to be active police officers. So right. you know, yeah, there will have to be something that pulls them out of retirement. Uh, and I'm just looking quickly. This was made on a budget of fifteen million dollars, and it, it it grossed 120 million. So by all accounts, it was a hit. I wow. saw this in the movie theater, but I'm a little older than both of you gentlemen, so I don't know if you would have been of age to see this in a movie theater.
1: I think we talked about that when we went and you, you know, you don't remember anything, but you seem to remember having gone. Yeah. I mean, this came out when we were 11. Um, There's no way I would have been allowed to see that. So uh, the us seeing it at that movie theater, a couple weeks ago is the first time I saw it on the big screen.
2: Because my 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 parents really didn't. I don't know. It's not that they didn't care, but they didn't really care what I saw. (laughs) You You know what I mean? So I must have seen this at a young age because I think when I saw this movie, I really, you know, was infatuated by, um, by, by Mel. And that's when I was seeing all his old shit. I don't even think I saw Road Warrior on the Mad Maxis until I saw Lethal the Weapon. Yeah,
3: so this is up. your
1: gateway? I'm, a, I'm yeah. a little
3: older than you guys because 1987, I w- when this came out, I would have been 23, oh, excuse that's me, perfect. 24, um, but you know, much like Chris, my parents, you know, they they were protective over a lot of things, but they had no level of protective over what movies I could see. Even when that's I was the, 11, I saw, yeah. you know, at, at nine years old, I saw Dirty Harry in the movie theater with my dad. Uh, I saw I saw The Godfather Part Two in the movie theater with my mom. So you know, even as a young kid, they they figured I could handle these movies, which may or may not have been the best parenting decision because here I am still doing (laughs) podcasting about them. So I guess who knows trying to recapture my childhood. Uh, But what a great movie this was. Like I I remember just seeing it and thinking that it's taken the action movie to a whole new level that I had never seen before.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And we would have been 14 actually when this came out, but uh, we didn't know this then because, all these chain of movies that Chris and I liked and 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 guys like you, Paul liked, um the common thread was Joel Silver. So yeah. when Chris and I would watch these movies, we would sit we always watched credits anyway because we have like we have these little inside jokes about the credits that we watch these movies um but we would always make sure we watch the credits of a joel silver movie till the very end so we could see the joel silver logo that big square mm. <laughs> said, there's there's one i never fell into <laughs>
3: <laughs> he was like a hero to us joel silver oh, gotcha. well bill would be they... thrilled because he produced xanadu uh, nice i'm just looking i'm just looking at his line his filmography as a producer and Xanadu's the first one listed but yeah. but after that and i'm gonna just jump around a little bit with the action movies 48 hours commando lethal weapon predator action jackson die hard roadhouse lethal weapon 2 die hard 2. Jesus Christ predator 2 uh last boy scout demolition man uh then you know we have we, oh the matrix I mean we we have a lot of very well-known movies in
1: here, and Chris and when we grew up, Chris and I are from this like <laughs> this like it's embarrassing now, but we're from this like shitty planet Hollywood generation where <laughs> our favorite actors were, were they <laughs> Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger the freaking owners of the stupid restaurant and yep. then the people like Mel Gibson that were also there. So then flash forward to when we're old and the expendables start coming out and we're like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is what we wanted to see when we were 14. They're all in the yep. same movie. Yeah.
2: They, 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 they made those movies for us, for the fans of the eighties,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, and it's it, Joel, yeah. it's like Joel Silver threw up all over the screen.
3: And but it's it's, it's strange because just, you know, Obviously the younger we are the more that age gap means something. Yeah. So like right now we're probably in the same you know very similar mindset despite our age difference. But in the 1980s I was totally on board with the the planet Hollywood, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, uh Bruce Willis movies. I was, you know, I was into all of them also. But by mm-hmm. the time uh what you call it, The Expendables came out it was like eh. <laughs> you know, it's it's
2: I, I I have not seen one Expendable movie in a theater. Holy shit, I'm <laughs> shocked because if it's 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 you know it was it was Rambo it was it McLean it was you know it was Predator it was everybody who you fucking love you know and, and Ivan Drago Chuck Norris you know yeah.
1: Wesley Snipes yeah
2: yeah Snipes everybody everybody who who we who raised us as a child was in the same movie and the movies are shitty but they're fun shitty.
3: But that's the thing is by the time they came out. You know, at that point, now now I got kids and I'm dealing with all sorts of stuff. I got to at least hear that it's a good movie. And I really never heard anybody tell me that. So I wasn't going to make the effort to go out to to a theater to see them at that point. But in the they're 1980s, not, before I had kids, <laughs> you know, basically yeah. if it opened and it was in that genre, I was there.
1: Yeah, it's like action porn. But yeah. not.
3: I, I think this particular movie, and I, I've seen... Words to this effect, but I think it was heavily influenced. I think Shane Black in writing it was heavily influenced by the the Dirty Harry movies, uh, oh. to, the, to the extent okay. where he had, you know, there's in my opinion, an homage to it. Uh, that in the first Dirty Harry movie, they have this scene when he's got to go over and got get the guy who's going to be a jumper,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and then he, you know, he kind of recreates it to a large extent in in this.
1: In, in he wrote his. I'm sorry. He wrote his own version of that scene.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, now I'm curious. When you saw it recently uh,
2: in the movie theater, was it the original version or was it the director's cut? Do you know? Original version, because I remember telling Dave uh, when when I got like a director's cut of *Lethal Weapon* and the whole schoolyard scene and everything mm-hmm. that's not in the original. And he was like, oh, what? and I think I sent him the clip. Or he came over and we watched the scene. And you know, even he said, like, this should have been in the movie. It's so fucking great that that version of it.
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm a little surprised that you know, redoing it that they wouldn't uh, give you the director's version. Uh, and I'll I'll just tie that in. Uh, two days ago, I went to see uh, the Wrath of Khan on the big screen. Uh, followed by William Shatner coming out and talking to the audience for an hour and a half. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, and uh, they showed the director's cut. They didn't show the, the the original theatrical. They, you know, they had the extra scenes in there with, uh, you know, Scotty's nephew and everything.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that's that. pretty
3: cool. Yeah, and it was it was pretty amazing. I'm, I don't want to go too much into detail, but you know, William Shatner is ninety one years old, and uh, he was bouncing around the stage like like you know he was forty years younger.
1: Hmm. Good for him.
2: Yeah, he's he he gets around. He does a lot of the, the convention circuits too, and all you know. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. But I don't. But uh, you know, I don't want to make this a Wrath of Khan
3: discussion. I want to stick with the <laughs> weapon. Did you have familiarity <laughs> before this came out with either of the actors?
2: Not, not really, because I think Mel was the, you know, I might have not been a fan. You know, I didn't know who he was. And then I, and I, it was an action movie, like a buddy cop movie and all, but I really didn't fall in love with Mel probably until, until Leaf the Weapon. I, yeah. I was
3: familiar with who he was. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, I, I think I had known him, known of him, from uh, Mad Max and from... Uh, the, was it the the year of living dangerously, which I'm pretty yeah. confident re- predated this? Uh, in fact, yeah, that was 1982. So yeah, so I I was kind of familiar with him, uh, and I remember I had seen The Bounty on HBO.
2: Ah, oh, The Bounty, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> Some of his movies that I I watched them all. I remember I bought every VHS tape of every fucking movie that Mel Gibson has ever done, because I'm I was like, oh, I love Mel, I gotta get every movie. And I watched some of his early shit. I even bought Tim. I ooh. Bought... ooh. Yeah, that was wasn't I in the public uh, domain? I don't even think anybody owns that. Well, <laughs> come on over because I have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you, you can you, broadcast you... it for pay if you want because I don't think anybody owns the rights. <laughs> you should. I, I yeah. should. I got every copy. I got bought all of HS tapes of all of his movies. <laughs> now I'm watching all of his shit that's getting streamed right away. And some of them are just—I mean, some are just horrible,
1: awful. Yeah, yeah they are. They're, but we watch them all because it's, it's him and it's funny yeah. and it's—he's—he's he's like this—I uh, don't know—counterculture kind of guy now because of his behavior and it's like you still like him, but he's—you know—he's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. So uh, he's like a hard person to, to—I don't know—pigeonhole because he still has flashes of greatness.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It reminds you, when you watch the shit that he's in today, you know, how great he was, you know, whatever, Lethal Weapons and the Braveheart and just all, this all Ransom, this all kind of shit that he made before, you know, he went cuckoo.
3: Well, the thing is, and I I really believe you have to separate the man from the product.
2: Yes. Because
3: the reality is you don't know what these guys are like behind closed doors until they say something stupid. And then you realize, Oh, you know what? He says stupid things just like everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we had a, an episode recently that hasn't aired as of the time we're recording this, uh, where we talked about the twi- uh, the towering Inferno. And I talked about how there's a scene in there where, uh, OJ Simpson saves a cat from a room that's about to, go on fire and that the audience (laughs) cheered because the audience back in 1974 loved oj simpson and and then it came up that you know james cameron uh he he had been suggested to play the robot in the terminator and james cameron said no because you know nobody's going to believe him as a killer (laughs) so you know you don't know these people until you know them uh is the reality so you know, we could all sit here and say, "Oh, I'm going to go see movies with this person in it because he's a good guy." Don't be so sure. Anyway, that's that's my yeah, public right. service message for the show today. You're right. Uh, but you know, I didn't
1: I didn't know anything about Mel Gibson though. The
3: the until, thing that I'll go movie. with with Mel Gibson is on screen, and I, his personal life aside, on screen he is an incredibly charismatic actor. I think he fit that role of what they used to call say about James Bond. It was you know when they used to say, uh, you know, all men want to be him and all women want to be with him. It's almost like that's what Mel Gibson was.
2: Totally agree. I wanted to, I wanted to be him and also be with him. So I'm going to put that <laughs> out there.
3: <laughs> and, and you know, that you're probably getting in trouble for that saying now because it just assumes people are heterosexuals. Uh, so you're not allowed to assume that about anybody anymore. I did know Gary Busey before this from the Buddy Holly story. I didn't know he was yeah. a psycho in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah, he hid that well for a while. Yeah. But yeah. he's uh, – we, we – it was so much fun to see these people in the – on the big screen – because it was like a, uh, I don't know, they were like frozen in time. And it did take you back to when Gary Busey was kind of cool because, you know, it was like it was this and Point Break and stuff like that. Um, we were recognizing all kinds of people. I mean, I, I love doing that and Chris does too I too. We were just like every actor, oh, that's so-and-so from this. I mean, even the first girl, it jumps off the, uh, it's, is that the Capitol Records building that she jumps off? I don't know. I don't even know.
2: I don't think it's that it, though. They,
1: it they show they show the building as yeah. pan, panning over L. A. Um, that girl is the girl that played uh, Woody's girlfriend then wife. I had no Jira.
3: idea about
1: that. They've they told me that during the movie. I'm like, shut up, watch me. Yeah, she was, she is gorgeous. And as soon as I came on, we just started leaping into our, you know. I don't know, walk down memory lane, and it was really fun. Well, yeah. This, this was movie is
3: full of that guy people. Yes, right. it is. And then, then there's the one guy, uh, I have no idea what the actor's name is, but there's the one guy who is in this and in Die Hard, and in both of them you're waiting for him to have, like, a big moment because he's a badass-looking guy, the Asian guy
2: with the long hair yeah. and a big
3: mustache. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he
2: doesn't have that badass moment in either movie. Yeah. <laughs> No, he doesn't. Because you want him to, to, to like be like a, a Jet Li, Jackie Chan kind of guy who's going to just kick some serious ass, but he he gets choked
1: with with male's legs. Which that's uh, I always Endo, see this right? in movies, Mr. Endo. Yeah, he is yeah. he is torturing him. I mean, that's cool. He is yeah, torturing. And he dies him like, like a bitch. <laughs> he, he does. And whenever in movies, even at the end of *Lethal Weapon*, when when somebody
2: is choking someone with your legs, he's he's choking Mr. Joshua, you know, and. And and he's getting towards and he's choking him. You have hands. You have arms. Grab who's choking you by their. I don't give a shit by their dick and balls and hurt him or something. Yeah, because it's what? right by your chin. And you know what, Mister Joshua is not getting
3: his neck snapped by Mel Gibson's legs. But Mister Endo, <laughs> <Not that neck. laughs> he's the aptly named Mister Endo. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's followed by one of. I don't know why Mel Gibson does this. He does his little <laughs> dad jokes where he says, what did one shepherd say to the other shepherd? Let's get the flock out of here. Yeah. Why does Mel Gibson do that in all of his movies? Because I love it. He does it for me.
3: See, he, he did it a lot in this movie, and I was I was thinking that was a Shane Black thing in
1: here. He does it in all the Lethal Weapons. He does it in other movies, too. He has these weird little dad jokes. Little puns. T- yeah, like a yeah. lot of puns, a lot of weird rhymes. And I do like it. It's just a strange thing that he does, I think. I don't know. I it's funny.
3: I, I think it's it's not yeah. unlike, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger having his little puns in the movies. Yeah, I guess. it's you know, it's it's I I I think the idea is to give a little comic relief to you know, you have a scene with, you know, somebody getting their neck snapped or whatever and then you you know, you, you, you let the, the tension out of the scene a little bit with, with the dad joke. Yeah. So I, I think that's the purpose, and I think that probably actually serves the movie well. Because for all the violence in this movie, I didn't walk away thinking this is a violent movie. I walked away just thinking it's an action movie.
1: Yeah, the violence isn't gratuitous.
3: And it's not really graphic, and it feels almost cartoony in its own way.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, it is Warner Brothers, so yeah, why not? <laughs> but it
3: feels, I mean, the, the violence just doesn't feel real. Like, you don't sit here, you know, you, you could see a movie, you could see this movie made in a way, you know, if you do the same story, but you do it really, really serious, where, like, you walk out of this thing with PTSD from all the violence that goes on in it. So the, there's, you know, there's a, there are ways of presenting it, and there's ways of having it kind of backfire on you. And, yeah. and I think this one really does a good job. of of presenting it that way in my head i had thought this had come out after die hard i thought this was like picking up on the action formula a little bit
1: right but it came out
3: a year before die hard so i guess it's just the other way around and i think shane black was involved with both
1: the action in this is sanitized in some way you're right you don't really see the blood and it is i don't know it, 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 it i never really thought about that but you're right and then you um, even have
3: the scenes, you know, where, where they 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 talk it out a little bit. There's even, you know, a little bit of the, see, I shot him in the leg, so now we could still question him. Uh, and then, you know, Bill Gibson has to shoot the guy four more times and kill him, which which I, I even, find to be hilarious in its own way. Uh, but but it makes it makes you sitting there as the viewer and say to yourself, well, he needed
2: to shoot that guy and kill him, right? He did. I even told told, told Dave when, this, when we watched it in the theaters and. That stunt, I don't, when a guy falls in the pool when the and the pool cover is like wrapped around him, I I am I'm impressed. That stunt, man, should have gotten a raise that that fucking
1: day because that looks scary as hell. Yeah, not only you're in the water, you're twisted up in that thing. That is yes. that is so dangerous. Yes. And that's the scene after they come out of the thing and they're leaning on the pool. You and I both did the same thing. In the background on the um, yeah. skyline of the la of la, <laughs> yeah. is is the Nakatomi Building. We're like
3: there. It look at (laughs) it. but now if if i mean if they did this the right way which i never assume that anybody does anything the right way but if they did the stuntmen in that scene would have had like some source of oxygen as they're going through this so that if they did get entangled in a way where they couldn't get out they're not gonna they're not gonna suffocate
1: Uh, i hope so i hope so one of the you would know this better than anybody chris i'm gonna put you to the test are you ready i'm ready One of these movies, (laughs) and it might even be this one, is dedicated to a stuntman named Gar, something like that. And it says this is dedicated to Gar, whatever his name is, the greatest stuntman ever, or something like that.
2: And one of these, in one of the Weapon movies?
1: Yeah, it's in the credits. I do remember
3: seeing something like that at some point. I remember hearing something. Oh, it's Dar Robinson.
1: Dar Robinson. Dar Robinson. I just
3: I – just, and, and I'm not going to give myself credit for, for that. I looked it up really quick while you were talking.
2: I guess it was a later sequel. Maybe he was a, he was a stunt person for male for maybe two of them. He was of considered,
3: them according to this, he was the ultimate stunt man, uh, and he died at 39 years old in 1986. Uh, well, before okay. this even
2: came out. Not not even, in
3: 1981 – burt reynolds film sharky's machine which is by the way an an unrealized, uh, an unknown classic i love that movie uh still holds up as the great highest freefall f- stunt ever performed from a building for a commercially l- released film uh he, he never broke a bone in the 13 year hollywood, hollywood career uh
1: if it. he died in 86, it must be this movie. This movie has really to be. On, on November guy. 21st,
3: 1986, on the set of Million Dollar Mystery, after the completion of the main stunt, the emergency medical staff was dismissed from the set. While filming a routine high-speed run by the camera with fellow stuntman, Robinson rode his stunt, stunt motorcycle past the breaking point of a turn and straight off a cliff to his death. Jeez. Holy shit.
1: Wow.
3: The last three of his films on which Robinson worked, Cyclone, Lethal Weapon, and Million Dollar Mystery are all dedicated to his memory. So this movie that we're talking about was dedicated to his memory.
2: Wow, I did not know that.
3: Chris, I knew something about Lethal Weapon that you didn't. I'm hanging uh, up. One
2: more point. Richard
3: Donner's dedication in the closing credits of Lethal Weapon reads, This picture is dedicated to the memory of Dar Robinson, one of the motion picture industry's greatest stuntmen.
1: Wow. Yes. Chris, you you are I am, never. I'm not live, a fan anymore. I you are never fake. gonna live this down. I I'm swear a fake to fan. God. fan. <laughs> for the rest of your life, if I ever want to put you in your place, I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> Hey, Hey, Dar Robinson. Now I'll go, <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> then you just walk off with your tail between your legs.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> you you got me. No, you you said every line of dialogue in this movie when we no, watched
2: I was, it. Yeah, I was a mess. <laughs> this movie, I I can quote it. It's just. It's everything, you know. When he goes into the thing, what do you want to hear, man? I, I know everything. I was saying the whole fucking thing. There's a, like, there's a you, couple of lines in this uh, yeah? that I felt like were.
3: I'm not sure if they're poorly scripted or poorly delivered. It's just a okay. couple of them, and and I'm having a tough time thinking off my off the top of my head right now. But the the one that jumps out at me, and I think it's poorly delivered, is in the scene at the Christmas tree lot when when the guy says. You said you like it. That's a fair price. It just sounds so poorly delivered to me that every time I see the movie, it's it, it makes me cringe a little bit. I can see
2: that. Yeah, I, I can. I can see one of those, those three tree sellers. Yeah, not not putting the best performance on.
3: And and that honestly that surprises me because I always thought that Richard Donna was more of a, a stickler than that. Like if you know, right. and and I get the feeling that maybe a post. Filming thing where they didn't like the way the dialogue sounded, and they had him, you know, dub over his own voice because it just doesn't sound good.
1: Yeah, like a ADR thing after the fact.
2: Yeah. Well, I remember when when we saw this, and and when Mel was talking to his dead wife, in the frame's gonna kill himself and everything, Dave. You you raved of how great Mel's performance was during that scene.
1: Yeah, he has, he has such range yeah. and I think he has always done that in in everything he's done because he can be he can be very funny like puns aside he can do comedy but he can be so desperate like he is in this movie and like he's in ransom he yeah.
0: his
1: his range is something to behold so i uh, i i think he does it all when, when
3: he's in the uh, in the trailer and he's uh-huh. missing her and everything and he he just kind of like under his breath like through his tears he says i miss you you know that mm. that actually like that really came through to me
2: yeah yeah
3: you know like you you feel his pain in that moment and I, I i agree totally i think i i think he is a way underrated actor and part of it is people kind of superimposing the personality flaws over his
2: performances
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's that, that. Dave, you know, like Mad Max, and all. and Then they call him Mad Mel and everything, because you know he's says his, his shit and all. But that that performance, I think Dave and I both screamed when that was on, when Bugs Bunny said
1: "Merry Christmas,"
2: because <laughs> 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 that's all I hear at all during that during that scene.
1: Well, you never hear you know, There's always the debate at Christmas of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and every once in a while. People will mention this as like a Christmas adjacent movie, but do you consider Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie?
2: Absolutely, hundred percent, all the okay. way. He's buying Christmas trees. Well, no, he's not buying trees. He's, you know, he's, there's Christmas everywhere. Oh, he wants everywhere. a Christmas tree for okay. free. He doesn't buy it. <laughs> it's, <true. laughs> yeah. it's Christmas everywhere. Yeah, it's it's, it's it, this I Christmas people... littered
3: throughout this movie.
2: It is. Oh yeah. People think, and
3: and I don't get into the debate because I really don't care. Uh, but people think. You know, everybody's got their own standard. Some people think if it's going to be, if you want to call it a Christmas movie, it has to have a Christmas message. So if that's your standard, I guess this isn't a Christmas movie. But if it's that it takes place at Christmas time and you're seeing all Christmassy things throughout the movie, that makes it a, if that's enough to make it a Christmas movie, then absolutely this is a Christmas movie because it has that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the criteria is important. I And that's the thing that I always go back to with this. Um What determines whether it's a Christmas movie or not? To me, something major in the plot has to be because it's Christmas. So Die Hard to me is a Christmas movie because he is only there because it's Christmas and he's invited to the Christmas party. And the only reason Alan Rickman dies is because of the Christmas present that she's given in the beginning of the movie. If she doesn't have that watch on, she's given in the first act. He doesn't fall. Um, so Actually, right. because of that reasoning, I think Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie because the movie ends with him coming to the house to give him a Christmas present. And it's the bullet. It's, it's the bullet. Yeah, And, we open, and in up, a way. We
3: open up to Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. Yeah. We have the scene when he's buying the Christmas tree, you
2: know, in the Christmas tree lot. I mean, there's Christmas yeah. littered throughout this movie. And, and and in a way, Mel's gift from Danny is is sort of like a like family. Like like now, Mel has something to like live for. You know, it was just if it's Murtagh and his his wife and kids, like he now has a family to maybe yeah. they they want me here kind of thing.
1: And those were the best moments, I think, of two and three was him becoming a part of the family, the kids, the wife. Yeah. Right. living he's doing his laundry here in, yeah. their, in, in <laughs> our in their house so right. he is na- he is now a myrtle and those were some of the they were they were heartwarming and they were i don't know they, they they made you care any good tv show or movie makes you care about the characters they made you care about these people really well and richard donner deserves a lot of credit for that but so do the actors well and, and that's the key to, to, to virtually
3: every movie is to make you care about the actors uh, or yeah. the characters rather, Uh, you know, cause cause an action movie where you don't care, care about the characters is a video game.
1: Right.
3: You know, that's and, true. And, and just, you know, I was looking before, you know, Shane Black's uh, resume uh, and i pretty sure I saw Action Jackson on it.
1: Uh, yeah.
3: And, and I'll come, you know, I'll give you a comparison on that is that, in action Jackson fails not because it doesn't have the, act, it does because it doesn't have the you know the acting or anything or the action. It it fails because you never really care about the characters at all.
1: Yeah, it's just it's, superfluous action and one-liners. Whereas mm-hmm. you really give a shit about the Murtaugh kids and about um, Roger and Martin becoming. Friends and loving each other,
3: and you, right. and, yeah, and you feel like they're real people. They feel three-dimensional to you. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you two two examples for Murtaugh. Uh The first being uh, when he brings uh, Martin over to his house, and you know his daughter is obviously infatuated with him. And you know, she she calls him Detective Riggs and he says call me Martin Who is it? Yeah. and then and then uh, she calls him Martin and, and Murtaugh's immediately, That's Detective Riggs <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. to me honestly felt like I could see that well, I couldn't see myself being effectuated that way, but I could see my my dad correcting me if I called one of his friends by their first name. Right. So that felt very yeah. real to me.
1: They made it they made it a real family.
3: And then just Murtaugh's reaction when he realizes that Martin is not just trying to go for retirement, you know, the cheap way out, that he really is suicidal. Yeah, yeah. You know, when yeah. when he's when he's ready to pull the trigger.
2: Don't nibble on the bear. Pull the trigger. You shouldn't tempt me, man. But that's want, his reaction. Do you want Chris to do the whole
3: movie? <laughs> I, I will.
2: You know, I think. But I think that, you, you know, that... you
3: believe his reaction then that he just realized, man, he really is crazy.
2: Right, yeah. and he's kind of scared because then the next thing he's on top of the highway and he's calling the um the psychiatrist. He's he is kind of scared for his own life being with, with Riggs, you know, who's suicidal because he doesn't know where it's going to go. You know, yeah. yeah
3: and he's thinking, oh, and I, he's thinking, wouldn't it just be the way things are going to be that I get myself to you know up to retirement and then this guy's going to get me killed just before I get to do it? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Which also feels very
1: real. I told Chris that's. There's a piece of movie trivia there. Oh yeah, yeah. When
2: I I, I didn't know this either.
1: When he's on that, that brick phone with the cord attached to that box. That's the first cellular phone ever shown in a movie. I did not know that.
2: Isn't that isn't that isn't
1: that awesome? I, I had no idea. So this is two things that he's schooling you on.
2: Two things, Dave.
1: Well, I used I I I used to do I used to run bar trivia, so I, I I did that. That and the other best trivia, and I can't I I can't stop thinking about this now when I watch this movie, is that the Murtaugh's house a lot of people know this now. Um I'm not like teaching a lot of people anything here. Um the Murtaugh's house is um uh Elaine's house from uh Christmas vacation.
3: I never would have known that. <laughs>
1: so that that neighborhood, that block, Murtaugh's block, is the Warner Brothers back lot. So the house next to the Murtaughs is the Griswolds.
3: <laughs> Assuming they have they're living in a shared universe. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now that would that would be funny though if you if you came out. And yep. uh, you know, you have Murtaugh and Riggs come out and you got a what's his name? Randy Quaid there emptying the uh, shitter shit of his for his
1: <laughs> Or Clark with the chainsaw. Bend over and I'll show you. (laughs) You got a lot of nerve saying that to me, Chris Wall. (laughs) I wasn't talking to you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And any other actors that stood out or actresses that stood out to you in this one?
1: Well, the Tracy Wolf thing has become funny with us here because Uh, um, we have a friend, Steve, uh, and he has been on a lot of our podcasts. He is uh, an acclaimed... Trivia Meister and stand-up comedian himself, but to make ends meet at times. He does this thing, which Kramer did on Seinfeld, where you're like a fake patient. Have you ever heard of this, This where you just go in and pretend to have, like, gonorrhea?
3: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Well, I remember when Kramer did it. (laughs) It's a real thing. So Steve does it. He'll get a character. You know, he comes in, and he has to, like, exhibit the uh, symptoms, and then med students, like, you know, try to figure out what's wrong with him. So he's doing that up in Allentown at Lehigh Valley uh, Medical Center. And he keeps talking about this girl named Tracy. And he she had something to do with Lethal Weapon. And he's had lunch with her. And I'm like, is her name Tracy Wolf? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Was she in Lethal Weapon? I'm like, was she in Lethal Weapon? She's like the reason for the drama in Lethal right? Weapon. Like, mm-hmm. So she is uh, doing a thing now where she's a pretend medical student in hospitals in that's, allentown
3: that's really surprising me because i was going to say of the actors and actresses in this movie she's the one that surprises me that she hasn't gone on to a solid career because she really seems like she could be a breakout star in this movie she had her head together she's beautiful movies. she's you know yeah. she, she's got a, a certain appeal to her you know with her smile and everything like i could easily see them having see her having a, a big career after this and yeah. clearly she didn't, because according to this, according to her uh, filmography, uh, she was on the Cosby show before this. Then mm. she, in addition to the four Lethal Weapon movies, she was on a, an episode of In the Heat of the Night and an episode of the show, which I do not know, Katie Keene.
1: Never heard of it. No, I mean neither. Does it mention her pretending to have chlamydia it in Allentown? Not.
2: Apparently,
3: they've <laughs> sold her short in her, her acting credits. Heard,
1: I heard she was magnificent.
2: Maybe it's because they, they saw her driving and they hit the web and, and said, this bitch can't drive. I always tell Dave, you have the whole fucking desert. There's, there's nothing in your way. And you crash? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I don't understand that. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's not easy to do. That takes skill. It, it does. I mean, I know the helicopter was like right next to her, but just, you know what you do? You, you, I don't, I don't, I never flew a helicopter, so I don't know if they can turn quick. I don't know. You turn the car. You just, you go somewhere else. The car, then they have to follow you with a chopper. You know what I mean? I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm,
3: I'm kind of on board
2: with you on that. That, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that,
3: but that scene is action packed enough oh, yeah. and exciting enough that it's kind of okay. I don't mind the fact that, that she should be a better driver. Like the, the, well, guess, I'm not sitting she's... there saying that. At least not the first
2: time I'm watching it. No, not the first time. But but the more like like the whole the whole like one line that makes me laugh, which I don't know what, even know what it means. When when Myrtle says "Go spit," what's that? <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that's, that's what kind that of the... insult is that? That is the thing they make fun of the most. I told Chris on the it's always sunny <laughs> the it's always sunny episode. They do it a couple of times, but the best one is called the gang makes lethal weapon six, and they trade characters throughout it. But Rob McElhenney. <laughs> They don't show it anymore because he's in blackface. Um, as Danny Glover does, go oh, switch. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like when somebody else thinks something's funny that you have always thought is funny, you feel validated.
2: Definitely. just keep the uh,
3: the the random thoughts going, my favorite moment in uh, "It's Always Sunny" is uh, when when uh, what's it called, da- uh, Danny. Uh, DeVito is always trying to kill himself and he can't hang himself because his neck is too thick.
1: Yeah, and he's just hanging in there and none of them even care. Yeah, they just walk in the room, he's swinging back and forth. He's and they swinging don't care. away and they're just like, what's this? That cracks what's, me what's, up what's, every what's, time. Yeah. This movie has the what Chris and I have sort of called the Richard Donner players. Yeah. <laughs> they're in all of his movies. They, they all show up. The um, people that are in, you know, the Goonies, or or any of his other movies, Mary Ellen Trainer shows up in every movie.
2: There are um, captains in Superman, the first movie, and and Maverick.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Richard Diner movie. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I didn't realize sounds... he had his players, but it, you know that that's kind of like almost bringing him back to old Hollywood when you'd have kind of the troop that would always be to- together. You yeah.
1: Know? It's it's fun because you like he does it like Adam Sandler does it. He has those friends in his movies. Kevin Smith does it. It's fun to see guys, I don't know, like stick with a group of people that they know are going to do a good job. They don't have to worry about them. Um, it's kind of endearing. I don't. But know.
2: But that's what they did with Maverick when Danny Glover had a little bit of a cameo, and they and they both you know met for like two seconds. And Corey Feldman. Yes,
1: yes, who we've seen live on stage twice. <sighs> Don't announce that. Yeah, I don't Cut know that if that that's
3: one I would I would put out there with pride.
1: Cut
2: that part out. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: you know, and, and just, you know, again, random thought. Uh, I found myself in the last couple of, last year or two listening to Gilbert Gottfried's par, uh, podcast from, before, obviously, before he passed away. Uh, but he would have a lot of comedians on. And, uh. It's it, it, it's weird how all these comedians ended up on Seinfeld, yeah. and it's the same thing. You know, these are all their friends. I, I just, they just had one. You know, they re released now that that Gilbert Gottfried passed away. They re released old episodes once a week, and uh, the, the guy they had on is the guy who played the Drake uh, on Seinfeld, yeah. and apparently he's yeah. just another comedian. Hate the Drake, <laughs> love the Drake, <laughs> At the big screen TV. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jerry would have the guys he came up like Mario Joyner and guys like that would just pop up, like guys that he came up with. It's good; makes you like them more. Yeah. Well,
2: I I actually went good to conventions. You know, it's that's that's, that's no um, uh, secret or anything. I have met, and I have on my lethal weapon poster. I have met Danny Glover, mm-hmm. um, Gary Busey, mm-hmm. and Tom Atkins. Tom, yeah, Atkins. Tom Atkins,
1: who's really good in
2: this. Yes, he is. Kill him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's a scene. They're they're in a bank out in public. You 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 know. You owe me. You kill him. You fucking kill him. I'm like, oh my god. I'm trying <laughs> to go to the ATM him. and this guy's yelling. You know.
1: I like Tom Atkins.
2: Yeah,
3: but he, you he know, he's is another that
1: guy though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. You, you yeah, say the name yeah, yeah. Tom
3: Atkins, only a very small number of people are going to know who you're talking about. But you show them a picture of him, and a lot more people are going to say, "Yeah, I've seen that guy before."
1: As yeah. soon as they see him, they start going, eight more days on Halloween, oh, Halloween, no, please.
2: <laughs> Halloween.
3: <laughs> Well, Wasn't he also uh, the father in like a commercial for like a really bad horror movie, and the commercial is like, uh, the good news is your friends are here, or your dates are here. The bad news is they're all dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. I just hear that being a line. Well,
3: what a great line. And I'm not sure what movie that is, so now I'm going to have to quickly look it up while we talk about other things.
1: Chris's favorite part that uh-huh. he, I knew he was going to point it out. You talked about the jumper, and that yeah. is a great scene because it had it. I mean, does Riggs really have a catchphrase? Like, because Chris always does the, do you really wanna, you know, like <laughs> do you wanna? He, he always does. Chris would always say that, and then when they jump off, even yeah. though they're ha- handcuffed together, the handcuffs
2: separate Break apart. <laughs> well. And then they hold hands on the way down.
3: If you jumped yeah. off like that, handcuffed together, odds are one of you has a broken wrist, if not a uh-huh. missing limb, by the time you get off
2: that, Ab- that absolutely. Thing. And even two people jumping in like one of those big whatever that's called, a balloon, whatever what's, what's it supposed to call it? Mm-hmm. It does
1: thing. A mat
2: thing, a mat balloon, whatever you want to call it. You're 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 landing too close to one another with a balloon. The first person who lands in the balloon's safe. The other person, like, right behind him is not going to land right.
1: There's a dislocated everything.
2: Yes, yes. But the the handcuffs separate the second they jump off the The roof. The second. And then they – and I even get – I even laugh, too. I tell Dave this, you know, that that high up when when Riggs offers him a a smoke and it's just sitting there and there's no wind. But as soon as he leans over, the wind quick blows it. I always like how it – how the wind knew, not yet, not yet, (laughs) now. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's – That's a
3: cool scene to watch, but it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have much
2: reality to it. No, kind of unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Is there any scene, like, we know you love this movie, um, you even had a Lethal Weapon license plate on your first car.
2: Oh, my Red Sundance, yeah. I had right. it made
1: exactly how it
2: looked in the opening of the Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah, I did. I have it in the garage still, I think, actually.
1: Oh, my God. Um, Just, uh, by the way, Tom
3: Atkins, the movie I was talking about, is called Night of the Creeps.
1: Oh, there you okay. go. Night of the Creeps. Um, Is there any scene in this that you don't like? Like, if you that were watching it at home, you might go, this is where I go get a drink you know like i i can skip this
2: no i have to watch it again and like no i i love every second of this of this movie i love everything about it
1: fair enough
3: do you have like, you like, know, do you have any weaknesses at all anything in this way you say yeah that scene could have been better
2: no i like you know oh, <laughs> dave and i were cracking the fuck up well <laughs> dave's gonna do it too i know he is when Riggs and Murtaugh are walking to the building and it blows up and they go see the kids mm-hmm. and then the kids were just dis- are describing Mish- uh, Mr. Joshua and he has a tattoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you saying, Dave? Uh,
1: what the kid says? Yeah. Pee and What does Murtaugh say? What does he say? Like like Papa uh, Papa. No,
2: like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, tattoo? A uh, papa?
1: Was it like Papa? I kept on saying that. Papa, we said that the rest like, of the movie. Like, I never noticed that before. Really? kids those kids are horrible. That is not a good part of that movie. But they're kids. You can't blame the kids. The Kids are. We're adorable. gonna bust
0: Dixie.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I I like it too. I, I do. I did say when they're walking to the house, you know, really slow because I know it's gonna blow up. I love the fucking. I don't know how they did this, but the plane in the background. As soon as it blows up, like that was perfect fucking timing. Mm.
1: That scene was like I guess magic for um Richard Donna. And Dixie, the the one they're going to see, she's the she's the hua <laughs> she from is. the beginning of the movie, right? All dressed up and no one to blue. <laughs> <laughs> is she is that the same? It's Dixie, right? That's Dixie. Yeah. I that's who I thought they were talking about, yeah. They were... the, she's the one that sees Woody's wife hit the car, right? Right, right. Okay. Kelly 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 Kelly. I love everything. Like breaks the whole the whole, you
2: know looks like we're fucked, you know, guys what your guy, you know, hate him back, it works for me, and and then the smoke come out of the nostrils. Everything about this movie, there's nothing bad about this movie at all. No, this this is there's there's a definition
3: in my mind. Okay. Uh, As to what is a perfect movie. And that doesn't mean that it's the best movie ever. A perfect movie is a movie where every scene accomplishes what you want to do and the movie is exactly the way you want it to be. There may be better movies, but there's not, you know... But there's certain movies that just accomplish everything, and I consider this to be one of them. I don't really see any weaknesses to this. I mean, I mentioned the one comment from the guy about that's a fair price. That's such a minor nitpick that I can't, you know, I can't say, oh, yeah, that's that's something that takes away from it. This movie, from beginning to end, if it is the genre you want to watch, I think it hits every element that you want.
2: I, I totally agree. I remember, you know, my son wants to watch everything that I used to watch as a kid, and we're watching so much... So much shit and everything. You know, his his favorite films of all time are, ugh, are the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> he loves them all, and I, I show him all these movies. I remember, we had a Lethal Weapon marathon and watched all four in a row, and it was cool watching these movies through his eyes. You know what I mean? I really enjoyed See, I don't showing think, him why. I don't think movies. Lethal Weapon works as a marathon, and I'll tell you why. And again, I didn't want to talk too
3: much about the sequels, but okay. I believe the first two are great movies.
2: I totally agree. I think I'm right three through, I'm and right
3: on four are a step
2: down. I totally agree, and I even say this to Dave. I think, even though Dave said it's cool seeing Riggs become part of the family, in part four, like he's he's not in Riggs. What I love about Riggs is his craziness about not giving a fuck. And 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 four mostly four. I know he's Rene Russo, and he's you know he's met somebody and pregnant and. I don't know. I don't like seeing rigs as a as a family. You don't want to see him whipped? There you go. <laughs> but but That's you know, I
3: still funny. find three and four to be enjoyable. They but are I think they need to course. be separate. Like I could do a double feature, Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon Two, and then I'd say let's wait two weeks, and then we'll do a double <laughs> feature of three and four when 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 one and two like the memory starts to get a little faded and a little less, less less strong because then i can enjoy three and four but if i'm watching like if i'm doing a marathon an all-day marathon of the four i'm gonna feel that drop off
2: that's why Um, i think five is gonna be i mean pure shit it's gonna be horrible and and i will watch it hey as soon as whatever it's on streaming theaters i'll be there that fucking night and there's something to be said
3: having that attitude though because you know you you go with that attitude you cannot be disappointed I don't know. And if it turns out to be good,
2: <laughs> then you'll be happily surprised. Right, right. But I just know it's that. I mean, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be why I fell in love with the first two movies. I think the the first one guaranteed. It's unless he you, is. You like
1: deranged, crazy. I deranged. do.
2: I like crazy Mel. I like him not giving a fuck, and he just doesn't care. He he lives or dies, you know. And maybe
3: maybe you maybe you have in between four and now. Somehow, I don't even want to go as maudlin as, as you know, uh, Rene Russo's dead. Uh, but maybe they're just not <laughs> together anymore. You know, he, he had a, a little bit of a psychotic break and she went off to live, you know, with the baby and live somewhere else. And now he's a hermit. And he's got all the psychotic Ooh. craziness going for him. And then I can see that. And then Murtaugh gets into some sort of problem and he's got to come and, and take care of it.
1: That sounds good because any way to get Rene Russo out of there is a Dave good idea. Rene Russo, I think. I think it's uh, the moral of this. Rene Russo ruins everything. She, Dave hates her.
0: <laughs> I, I don't. God. I don't
3: hate her, but I don't really honestly feel like she adds much. No, I, I don't think you need to ground Martin Riggs that way no um you know you, you, we, in in lethal weapon 2 you know we we get a love interest that kind of takes him off you know kind of gets him past his wife dying but then <laughs> but then kind of triggers the same thing when she gets killed um <laughs> but you know i guess the thought is well we want to you know have him have his happy ending but i don't i don't know that that is compelling filmmaking on the other hand i also don't want to go
2: dave's route and have have them dead at the end of the fifth movie.
1: I want everybody dead. I want them all dead.
2: Can can I ask this? I I don't think Dave did. Um, Paul, can I ask you this? Did you watch the the um Lethal Weapon TV show? Uh, some of it. I watched. Which, it. I did not which think it was.
3: Some. I did not think it was bad. I kind of looked at at, at as, You know, it was an alternate reality, which it was. Uh, yes. Yes. And I tried not to compare. Because... That's how I did it, too. It was, you know, both of the actors I thought were fine in their roles, but I don't think either of them compared to Mel Gibson and Danny Glover.
2: Right. I totally agree. It, you're right. It was an alternate, alternate uh, universe. It was the, the Marvel Universe kind of thing, where is this, this is happening somewhere else kind of thing.
3: Yeah. And, and it, was, it was okay. I know uh, my friend Andy Leyland really seemed to enjoy it a lot. Uh, but I kind of, like I said, I watched a few, and it was all right, but it never really...
2: It never felt like must-see TV to me. Well, I, I watched the whole, of course, you know, the whole series, you know, and Crawf- uh, Chance Crawford, or Clans Crawford, I don't know what his name is, who who played Riggs. He he wasn't bad, and he wasn't male. Damon Wayans as Myrtle, I thought was was not good at all. And then then they had a huge fight on the set and everything, and Damon got him fired. Then on came Stifler. Not playing Riggs, but another kind of cop, and it was just—it was like, just end the show, just—just just end it. Yeah,
3: no, I—I I was gone before uh, Stifla came on. Yeah,
2: I know Dave didn't watch it, right, Dave? No, no. <laughs> Do you pay any particular
3: I, attention to the score in this movie?
2: Excellent oh, score. Uh, yeah, when, whenever the and it's like, oh yeah, it's just, it's, that's lethal weapon for you. You gotta have that fucking theme. But very
3: mood setting.
2: I thought. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's
1: uh, a, Eric Clapton. You know you know exactly what it is when you hear it. And mm-hmm. and that Michael came in and then they had David Sanborn and and then in the sequels they got good people to perform whereas in this they got Honeymoon Suite to do the <laughs> closing song and Chris and I there singing this Thing out like it was our own personal karaoke, like it was a concert. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. When
1: you lose love, love. and we were in a make your heart grow cold. And we were singing it, and yeah. your son was sitting there looking as like what looking a at us, bunch When of it tears images. you apart. Yeah. Hard uh, and so disgusting. you had this cassette tape.
2: Yeah, I bought this cassette tape. I told Dave I found it sometime in Myrtle Beach. Virginia, some kind of weird mall outlet thing, man. I used to fucking hunt this shit down, and I was, I saw this thing, man. I was in heaven
1: because this I, was but, not a soundtrack that this. It probably was valuable because nobody was, th- nobody was clamoring for this soundtrack. No. Um, I mean, honeymoon I suite is a band. They still tour. In fact, they're. I think they're gonna be down. in Maryland. That. There's a big like hair band fest, uh, and a in a month or two it's like two days and you name it they're there and Honeymoon Suite is there So, you, so I you would go just for the
2: one song yeah.
1: <laughs> I would if I, I already have another concert planned that for one of the nights but I did say something to Chris about it I would go
2: I would just for the one song I, I don't know any other songs there's, there's no watch.
1: way they play that song there's no way you have to that's the number no. one
2: hit but I remember
1: <laughs> borrowing this from you like I remember I was at your house or something and I was like you actually have the Lethal Weapon soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> and I borrowed it just for the honeymoon. And we used to drive around in your stupid cars singing this with the yep. windows down. Yeah, with my what Lethal Weapon f-
2: plate. We are
1: idiots.
2: We were we were assholes.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> There's something to be said. So about uh, that, though. Some, the lead sometimes singer of Honeymoon Suite.
1: Yeah, right. The lead singer of Honeymoon Suite does not know the words to this song, but we do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh I love
3: this movie.
1: Well, before we yeah. before
3: we rate it to where I think I know it clearly, where one of you is going, and probably where the other one is as well. Uh, anything else we should add on this?
1: Um, I yeah, I had a blast watching it again. I yeah. remember, the, I remember the first time I ever watched it with you. With me? But yeah. Where? Like. In here, there, in the house. I don't, I don't I feel know. like I've ever sat and watched that movie with you. It's fun to watch a movie with somebody. It's either fun or really annoying. Annoying. <laughs> to watch a movie with someone when it's their favorite movie. Like, like, I mean, I'm, somebody's like a big fan of, like, I don't know, like Dodgeball. And you sit and watch Dodgeball and they're so excited about it and quoting it. Some For some people, that is annoying. But I've. Got a lot of joy out of watching you um, soak it in. It was fun. Well, it was great. It was, you asked. You asked. It was like on a
2: Thursday night. You know, everyone knows I go to bed. You know now, and <laughs> you know, and you were like, you know, do you want to go? And I, I look at the times. It was like seven twenty. It was like five ten. I go. If it's five ten, absolutely. If it's seven twenty, I don't know. <laughs>
1: That's true. Now, it's, it's kind of. So I'm going
3: to reverse your thoughts though, and I'm going to say it's difficult sometimes to watch your favorite movie with somebody who it's not their favorite movie. That's true. Because too. you're sitting there that saying, "What's the matter with you? Don't you see how great this is?"
1: Yeah. You're disappointed that they're not as into it as you are, and it like just pisses you off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I don't love this as much as no, Chris, Chris told me he was pissed at you. Oh,
2: stop. <laughs> well, no, no. If it was like a 720, one, I was like, I can't go a 720. There's... But Dave's like, no, 510 all the way. I, that's that's the time I want to go. I said, I'll see you there. <laughs> that's
1: true. In, I forgot about that. In the movie's defense, we were the only three people there, but there was a later showing. So, so but... there might have
3: been three other people at that.
2: <laughs> Wait, no, Dave, you peeked in there. Cause oh,
1: that's it right. It was over.
2: Ours was over. Then you peeked in there. How many people did you see in there? <laughs>
1: Uh, there was nobody yeah, yeah that's why that's why we started talking about it because it wasn't in the same literal theater right we saw it in like you know theater one and we were walking out and the movie was about ready to start the the second showing in theater two and i went in there and there was nobody in there not a was well. I was, it I was, was actually like,
3: very disappointed when i saw the godfather on a big screen and it wasn't empty uh but there were maybe 30 people in the theater and in my mind, this is yeah. the greatest movie of all time, and
2: only thirty people are coming to see it. Yeah, I remember when I came out in theaters. Yeah, they came out like a couple months ago in, in Dolby or something, and I took my son and all, you know, who's never seen it. And I'm, I'm thinking, when I was that age, I think I was bored. I was bored with it or the guy. I was like, yeah, oh, it's all talk. And I was shocked that he really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. And I told him, this is why this is considered one of the greatest films of all time.
3: Mm. That's that that's a nice feeling. My 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 yeah. daughter tells me she doesn't like the Godfather just to bother me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what kids do; they
3: say shit. But know, a boyfriend, to... you know, t- says, "Oh, it's the greatest movie of
2: all time."
1: So, but I, here's the question: How about
2: how about her boyfriend's father?
1: Greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I guess if I had to say a final word about this movie, um, it is that scene that we talked about with him in the trailer. Where he is, he is, it's this desperation that he reaches that I don't think a lot of actors can reach, and it is real. Um, So, that that to me is the Hall of Fame moment of this movie. The other stuff is great too, and it's probably way more fun, and him running, you know, chasing cars (laughs) on foot and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really great, but that scene is the takeaway moment of this movie
3: and that, that says something to me though that you you know you as you analyze the movie you can see that as the key scene and then the other things are the payoff to that or the payoff yeah. you know not, not necessarily you know a, a direct line but the other you know basically that the movie brings you to the other things and then you know you care because of that scene again although it's not just a video game
1: yeah
2: Yep. Which I actually played the Web Weapon video game, the old Nintendo game back in the day.
3: <laughs> I actually have it here still. <laughs> I can I can only imagine that it's, you know, like these really pixelated figures going back and forth.
2: That's exactly it. I think you're in like in hotels or, or apartments, like going indoors and, and shit and shooting, shooting stuff and jumping, you know, on top of
1: uh, wooden blocks and shit. Does it have an eight bit version of the Lethal Weapon song by Honeyminesweet.
2: Sweet? I, I I doubt it, but now 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 I'm curious.
1: Like, how great would that be? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, I'm gonna ask a
2: question that's really obvious. Chris, is this Jaws? Yes. all the way. All it's 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 Jaws. It's fucking Jaws. <laughs> change change your your title. Is it, is it fucking Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or is it leave the weapon? Yeah, it's this this is definitely all it's all in. How about you
1: Dave, what do you think? Yes, it is. And it's it, it's it's a perennial 80s classic and not just a, a you know like we like we've been talking about. You could pigeonhole this and say it's an action movie, but I would not say it's an action movie. I'd say it's a drama because it has elements that you would want in a thriller, a drama. I, you know, I mean, there are funny, lighthearted moments, but it's not just an action movie.
2: Because it has
1: heart, it has heart, and it has depth of character, and I think that uh, Mel Gibson can certainly do things that someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger can't. Um, So, because of that, it's not just an action movie; it's a drama, and uh, it, it it rises above. It's, it's uh, contemporaries because of that. Well, I'm, I'm
3: going to agree with you that I'm, I'm ranking it as Joe's 2. And like I said, I, I think in its own way, this is a perfect movie. This It, it doesn't stumble at any point in the movie. Uh, I'm ready to call it an action movie, but I'm ready to call it an action movie done right. Because, again, any movie to be done right, you have to care about the outcome. And if you don't care about the outcome, it's just. Scenes, uh, right. so in this you do care, and and what I think really makes it special, and we've we've focused on on the obvious drama of Martin and and his, you know, depression and PTSD and everything that goes on in his life, but. It goes further than that because we really do get Roger's life with his family and and the fact that he is ready to retirement, that he's finally reached this point in his life that he's getting there, uh, and and we feel for him going through all the things that he has to go through, and then you know the fact that he really does by the end, you know have that that bond with Martin, uh, and that that he's part of his family and all that you know it it goes so much further than an action movie like you said, Dave, but
2: it's because it's an action movie done right. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's, there's so many copycats of buddy cop movies after this that just doesn't, you know, like rush hours. And there's just so many, so many other things and all that try to try to get the lethal weapon chemistry, but you just can't, I don't know. It, Maybe because it is. Of and Danny.
1: Yeah. their chem- It is their chemistry. It's, it's, it's easy to try, but if you don't have if you don't have what they had, right. you are just an, Im- an imitator.
3: And there's nothing yeah. wrong with trying to recreate that. I don't have any problem with that, but like you say, it, it's it's a tough act to follow. Um, and, and yeah, I don't think I think this may be the ultimate buddy cop movie. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to think off my yeah. off offhand of any other buddy cop movie that I would rank higher than this, uh, and and I think like you know when I start coming up with movies where I say well this one's really good this one's really good, a lot of times the other ones that are really good change that formula a little bit and they don't really do it the same way, and and I'm I'm thinking about uh oh damn it I'm drawing a blank now what's the uh Midnight Run all of a sudden I'm thinking of which is not a cop movie but it is a buddy mm-hmm. movie, uh, right. But, that succeeds because they throw the comedy element into it not right. you know they're not trying to be lethal weapon they they went somewhere else with that movie and i don't even know if that predates this or postdates this but that doesn't really matter i'm just comparing you know buddy movies uh, right like And
2: running scared i think of that one you know i think that was before
3: yeah that definitely before was before this, one.
2: this.
1: And, yeah. and it was
3: that was a good movie but i don't think it compares to this
1: I, and there were I, things before that like i spy was on television before this thing. right yeah I mean this this isn't the first time somebody tried this. forty eight hours was out right before. yeah yeah oh and those and those are really good movies'
3: right. a really good TV show but I don't think i I think this beats them this is better than them yeah.
2: yes well I'm embarrassed to say this I'm and you can cut this out if you want Remember that movie I think it was called fuck um no, I don't remember that one <laughs> Interesting title. Damn it! I, I want to say Stakeout, but it's not the, not it's not the Estevez one. There's a movie I think with Sam Elliott and somebody else. Shakedown. Shakedown. That's it. I was I'm embarrassed to fucking say this, but when I first saw that trailer, I thought it was a lethal weapon sequel. I uh, swear to God. <laughs> who was in it? Sam Elliott and I don't know. I forget. Who was the they um, it, call me Mr. Sidney Sydney Portier. Is it him? No, it's is Sam it Elliott it and Sam Peter Ed? Weller. I'm way off then. Two white guys there. Never mind.
3: Now, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give you my, my Sam Elliott trivia just because I think this is just so cool. Sam Elliott is married to Catherine Ross. Sam Elliott and Catherine Ross were both in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Never met each other till the 1980s. <laughs> that is cool. That is pretty. Yeah, <laughs> that is weird. So that's my Sam Elliott trivia moment. If I was at the uh, at at the bar and you were asking that question, I, I I'm all over it.
1: I love it. I would write it down <laughs> if I was still doing that.
0: Please do not eat the big white mint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, guys. I want to thank you both for
3: making the time to come on with me. This was a, an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Paul. This, I mean, you said "leather and my response was "sign me up." I'm in. Mean, I don't care what we talk about. But, but before I mean,
3: we sign off, you want to uh, just tell people about the Neosaz Network.
1: Go ahead, Chris. I want to hear what you say.
2: <laughs> Neosaz. <laughs> Dave and I are part of the Neosaz Network. We have a bunch of eh, maybe like pop culture-ish shows. We're, you know, some buddies of ours and uh, talk about like Star Wars, movies, Seinfeld, Doctor Who, What, Where.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> All kinds of stuff, you know, we just bullshit. We talk about something for 10 minutes and another 40, we talk about something else. But yeah, we're, we're you know, we're on com. Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, duh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> there you go. See? This topics. Yeah. Oh, just, I'm, I'm sure you like something that we talk about, you know.
3: I've, I, I've definitely found stuff that I enjoy. I'm just waiting for Seinfeld and character to come back.
1: Well, my son is uh, away at college, so <laughs> the nerve, Dave's the nerve, of a grown... Yeah, really.
2: Dave's son's a grown man there it was nothing to do with Dave. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what they do. Yeah. But anyway, thank we you again, guys, guys, for coming on,
3: and thank you everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.
1: You want it all? Yep. He wants it all. He wants it all. Beautiful. <laughs> all right. Congratulations. Maybe a nice six-footer to put it under, huh? <laughs> you want a tree? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. Hey, thanks. But the shit's gonna cost you, uh, a hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it? That's a fair price. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you only live once. <laughs> Get this together here. Money. <laughs> 70, 95, hey, what the f- 85, hey, 90. Hey! Come on, shut up, man. I'm losing count. 93, 94,
2: 95, 96. Forget it, you dumb shit! 100,000! 100,
1: 100,000 dollars! Did you hear what he said? 100,000? I'm, I'm sorry, I can't afford that. Not on my salary. But look, I'll tell you what, I got a better idea. Here. Uh, let me say, I, uh, I take the whole stash off your hands for free. You assholes can go oh, to jail. Hey, what do you whoa, say about that? Em. Now I can read you guys your rights, but now nah, you guys already know what your rights are, you? <laughs> this badge ain't real.
2: You ain't real. Oh, you sure are a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm crazy? Yeah. Are you, you calling me crazy? crazy? Yeah.
1: You think I'm crazy? Yeah. yeah, you wanna see crazy? I'll tell you...
0: That's a real badge. I'm a real cop, and this is a real fucking gun. Okay, pal. Hey, nose is in the dirt, asshole. I'm warning you! you! Shoot me! Shoot, you, me. shoot, shoot, you, you shoot him! The shoot me, up. Shoot me, shoot shut the fuck up! Me, shoot me, shoot shut up! Shoot shoot shoot, shoot! 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 Shut Shoot! Shoot! him Shut Shoot! Shut Shoot! Shoot! him
2: Shoot! Shoot! Nice. Shoot! Yeah. It ain't <clears throat>